You are listening to the Registered Dietitian Approved Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about dietetics in a different light, highlighting non-traditional RD opportunities, including business and marketing. In today's episode, RDA guest Gina Garcia talks about how she uses Facebook and Facebook challenges as part of the marketing strategy for her online business. Hello, guys. It is MNT Monday. We are here with Dina Garcia. She's a registered dietitian located in my hometown, Miami, Florida. And tonight we're going to be talking all about Facebook challenges and how to revitalize a Facebook group and actually conduct a successful challenge and monetize a challenge. So welcome, Dina. Thank you for being with us tonight. Hi. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So um, if you could go ahead and just, in, you know, introduce yourself to our followers real quickly, tell them a little bit about you, who you are, and then we'll dive right on in. Sure. So I'm Dina Garcia. I'm a registered dietitian. I have a private practice here in Miami, and I primarily focus on chronic, helping chronic dieters who struggle with binge and emotional eating to be able to, you know, make peace with food and get off the diet roller coaster and, you know, live a life free of food worries. <laughs> Love it. Sweet, Love it. sweet. Mm-hmm. Question for, um, for those who always kind of ask, like, um, how did you get started in your private practice? What's your story? You know, I've always, since I was a kid, I think I've always wanted to be a business owner. I'm very much an entrepreneur and a dreamer at heart. And so I think I kind of always knew I was going to go into private practice. But, uh, you know, after moving around a little bit, city hopping a bit, um, once I finally settled down, I think I just said, okay, this is it. I, I just, I have to dive right in head first and do it. Um, and you know, there was a, at first there was a lot of ups and downs and, you know, there's always the, if I knew then what I know now kind of stuff. And I think I spent, um, a fair amount of time just kind of figuring out what I want my, wanted my niche to be and how I wanted to direct my marketing and, you know, who I wanted to target and what type of person I wanted to work with to really bring, you know, joy and purpose into my private practice. So it, uh, Luckily, at the time, I had a job where I could actually slowly cut my hours back. So I went to 32 hours, 24 hours, 16 hours, So, uh, which made it a nice, smooth transition where I didn't feel like I had to totally dive in headfirst. Um, but I've been full-time in my private practice now for a, almost five years. I've had it for seven, but I've been full-time for about five years. Nice. Congratulations. Thanks. Sweet. So I think um, uh, what we would like to start diving into is the kind of discussion we had when we first started talking, because mm-hmm. you mentioned your prior practice, and this was around the holidays time, and we got into this cool conversation about you running these nutrition uh, challenges for these Facebook groups and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, could you tell everyone how you came up with the idea and how you even did that? and all the sorts of fun things that happen from it and how it would probably benefit our other RDs if they did something similar. Right. So 
I had an old Facebook group that I had grown a um, couple years ago, and then I just kind of let it go stale. And I started a new Facebook group, just really, it, it was um, a bit of, um, I guess, market testing, just trying to figure out if this was a, a viable niche and, um, you know, what direction I wanted to go. And I ended up shifting all those people into my old group and then just kind of rebuilding from there. And I thought, you know, the best way to kind of revitalize this old group that I posted in every once in a while and had very little interact, you know, very little um, interaction from the members, I thought the best way to really get it going again would be a challenge. Um, however, since I take very much like a diet-free approach and don't really like that, um, sometimes I think challenges could be a little like shame-promoting or like make people feel bad if they're not like <laughs> able to do everything. So I really wanted the challenge to be something that was just focused more on participation and not necessarily on, yes, I worked out, you know, for 30 minutes today kind of stuff. So it was more about engagement and participation um, in the challenges, whether or not people discussed things and shared and supported other people. And Facebook, if you're a group admin, you can actually see who your most active members are. So it was really easy to kind of judge the challenge without uh, too much thought. So I thought a, a challenge would be a good way to go. So that was the direction I went to get that Facebook group revitalized. Sweet. Um, for, for those who maybe never even thought about doing one or anything like that, um, what made you actually think about hosting one um, for your business and your private practice and, and all of that? Well, I mean, I've, I've seen other people do it and, you know, you just kind of wondered like if it would work and how it, it may fit into my group. And um, so I just figured, why not? I might as well experiment. You know, we don't know if a marketing tactic works until we try it. And so I just kind of jumped in head first with it and did it. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think we see all these nutrition challenges everywhere. And I think it's kind of the same thing. You probably saw some of them before and like, well, I should do one and why not? And I'll just figure it out right. and I'll just do it. So that's pretty much how, how you went about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the main thing is I, I wanted to be able to get the Facebook group to be active again because I could post random questions, but if, if people aren't enticed to participate, sometimes it's harder to get it going. And once my understanding of Facebook is like once people are engaging and active, then Facebook says, oh, there's something going on here. And so you're more likely to sh show up back into other people's news feeds and get more people engaged. So I really wanted to have like a big push of engagement to try to get the group going again. Yep. That is exactly how Facebook works. Um, so what was your goal? Like, once you did this challenge, what were you trying to do? So you wanted to revitalize this Facebook group and then what was the goal once you had this super, super engaged Facebook group? Yeah, so the goal was basically, um, you know, part, part of it is, you know, with marketing and getting people to purchase your services, people really have to like, know, and trust you. And so I think engagement in the Facebook group, I did a lot of Facebook lives, just short five to 10 minute videos and posted a lot of content, posted blogs that I had done and, and of course different aspects of the challenge. And so um, I think it just helped to grow my like, know and trust factor. And that was really my biggest, um, I think the biggest outcome that I was looking for. And 
you know, December was a relatively slow month for me. And I was also hoping to use that as a boost going into January. Um, okay, now the challenge is over. You know, let's lay out an offer um, to work with people. So from that group, I actually, um, again, it's a pretty small, it started as a small group. It grew a little bit through the challenge. Um, there was a fair amount of time investment, but I did have a lot of fun with it. In the end, I ended up getting a client out of it and who signed up for a three-month package. So, um, you know, there was a benefit. Uh, but I think with anything, once we start to get it going, it's like, okay, if you stop and think, I spent all this time and I got one client, you kind of think to yourself, man, that's a lot of energy to expend to acquire one new client. But I think it's also about the momentum that you create when you do stuff like that. So it's like, okay, I got one new client out of it and I have, you know, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think I have just uh, a little over 300 people in the group. So as the group continues to grow and become more active, it's going to be much easier to um, quantify that out to start getting more, you know, clients out of it. Right. Uh, yeah. And with Facebook groups, like there's always those people that join and they're like super, super engaged. And then you have people that are kind of like moderately engaged. Like they kind of comment here and there, like you kind of recognize their name, but you don't know much about them. And then you have yeah. people who like join and they're just like lost. Like you never hear from them again. Right. Yeah. So what did you do or what did you notice worked really well in your Facebook groups? What what were like some of the hottest things that you did and what types of posts got the most engagement versus the least? So basically the challenge was the entire month of December. Mm -hmm. And I think part of what really motivated people to participate was I was giving away free coaching. You know, there was a prize at the end. So that was like, gave something, um, you know, gave people something to be motivate, motivated for. So that was one piece I think that really got people engaged. And then I tried to post things. Um, so the, the topic that I did was overcome overeating. That was the challenge. And the name of my Facebook group is end emotional eating with dietitian Dina. And so, you know, they're, they're a bit tied there. And of course, through the holidays, like overeating is a big challenge for a lot of people. So it was very timely to what was going on. So I did, you know, certain things, um, certain topics uh, around like the holidays. So just even asking a question, like, what is your biggest challenge with overeating during the holidays? Like everybody has an answer for that, right? So it's just finding questions that are tied to the subject and tied to the concerns that people have. Like if I start asking questions like uh, that aren't related to the purpose of the group, like the group isn't really for sharing recipes and meal ideas, right? So I don't want to try to engage people in that type of, of content. But every day I had a challenge. So it was, here's something to do, report back, discuss it. Like one day, you know, I did a Facebook Live on ditching the scale and not weighing yourself to see if you could go the whole month without weighing yourself. That was like part of the challenge. And so um, obviously I can't check people every day and, and ask them to report as to whether or not they weighed themselves that day, but I could at least start a conversation about it. Like, does that sound scary to you? Like, you know, people got, uh, commented a lot about that or what are your thoughts or feelings around not weighing yourself for a month? And so it's just, I guess, finding those questions that are engaging that people care about. And, you know, most people who joined the challenge were obviously there for a reason. They were struggling with emotional eating. You know, the name of the group is overcome, 
uh, end emotional and binge eating with dietitian Dina. So it's, um, you know, the, that's the kind of content that they're, that they're looking for. Um, and since I specialize in that, you know, I thought it was important that the content of the group not be too general. You know, I didn't want it to be healthy uh, eating, you know, or recipe development. You know, I think those are all too broad. So I really wanted to make sure that the, the challenge, the content of the group, the name of the group, everything really tied into my niche of working with chronic dieters who struggle with binge and emotional eating. And so I think it's so important that before somebody even jump in and do a challenge or start a Facebook group, that they get really clear. I know that's probably been said a million times, but like to get really clear on the type of person they're trying to serve, because you want to make sure that you're getting those people into your group. So even if your group only has 50 people, if those are 50 really engaged people who are super interested in what you have to say, then you know, you're going to get much better outcomes than somebody who has a thousand people in their group, but it's just a, you know, random people and, and there's nothing in that group that is super enticing for the members. Yeah, excellent, excellent points. Um, and I just wanted to kind of bring back something that you said, which I feel everything kind of, you know, came from there. In the beginning, you said you didn't want it to general. And before you started your practice, it took a while for you to, you know, find your niche and specialize and all that why did you feel that's important and like why other rds should do that and not have things as general because you know right. it's a while yeah so you know if if somebody comes to your website for example i mean I'll, I'll use an example not related to me if somebody comes to your website because they're having um you know maybe they've just been diagnosed with ibs right and if they go to a website that says i'm a dietitian who helps you with your diet and you know whether you have digestive difficulties or want to lose weight or what, whatever these check marks you put on there like all the things you can do that person's going to go okay maybe that person can help me i'll see them maybe if they take my insurance right <laughs> but unfortunately for dietitians in florida or at least south florida accepting insurance is nearly impossible so um if somebody comes onto your website and says I only treat IBS and this is all the experience and these are the outcomes I get for people with IBS, that person's going to go, yes, I don't care if they take my insurance. I'm desperate. I need a solution. And so you've already done half of the convincing already because they see you as an expert in just that. And it becomes so much easier to, um, to target them. And it, it, I think it can feel a little scary at first because you're like, well, but I'm going to miss out on other, all these other people that I can help, right? And the reality is you're still going to get some of those people. You don't you know, necessarily have to turn those people away until your schedule is full. Um, but if you're aiming at a target, right? Okay, we've got a target and you're aiming for the bullseye. Like that is you know, your avatar, your ideal client. But there's going to be times you hit the outside of the, of the dartboard, right? So other people are still going to somehow get included in that. But you really want to make sure that the marketing is focused towards that ideal person. Um, and then you can create more content specific to them, which is really just going to make it a no-brainer for them to work with you. It's much harder to convince someone to purchase, you know, a, a two- or a three-month program with you um, if they feel like you're too general. They're just, they're not going to be convinced. Yeah, uh, great, great points. Um, and you know, this actually made me think of uh, asking you too, like, when did you start getting into learning some of the marketing and, and all that? Because we weren't taught this in school. 
Um, you know, so a lot of our things we talk about, we're like, oh, we weren't taught this in school. So how did yeah. you actually start learning this stuff to benefit you and help your yeah. practice and do all these neat stuff that you're doing? Yeah, well, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. So <laughs> I think I just got into it out of necessity. You know, when I first started my private practice, I was very naive in the sense that in my head, it was like, oh, I'm going to just accept insurance. People will call me from there. That'll be a big chunk of who I see. I can network with a couple doctors and, you know, they'll refer me a few clients every month. And like, this is just going to grow. And, you know, within a year or two, I'm going to be like smooth sailing and this is going to be easy. It, that was kind of what was going on in my head. And um, I think the first big punch in the gut was the fact that I couldn't get on a single insurance panel not one. And so it was like, okay, crap, there was like 80% of what I was expecting to grow my business. Right. And that's when I had to, you know, start realizing that I needed to get creative with marketing and just learning more about, uh, marketing and how to get your message out there. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a, a long, slow process, but I'm getting there. <laughs> No, it seems like you're, you're getting it. You're very successful. I mean, you've had your private practice going for five years now. So clearly you're doing yeah. something right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, the past like couple of years have been pretty solid. So, um, and I'm expecting some bigger growth this year. I did a lot of work towards quarter four of last year to really set this year up to be, you know, in a, in an even better place. So yeah, it, but you know, again, always in hindsight, like if I would have uh, known then what I know now, I would have really spent a lot more time working on my niche and my ideal client and target market before I ever opened my doors. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, so what advice would you give to some RDs who are thinking about starting their private practice? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first piece of advice, as I already mentioned, would be to get really specific on who you're trying to work with and don't be afraid that it's too specific. I don't think there's such a thing as being too specific. It just may uh, widen your service area a little bit. You may get to work with people across the state or across multiple states or across the world, you know, by having such a specific niche, but it's going to be much easier to bring those people in. Um, I think it's also important that you're, you pick a niche that has a big enough problem that they want to solve it. So if you pick a niche that, you know, people don't see as being a big problem, then you're going to also have a really hard time getting people um, to become your client or to become a long-term client. And I, I heard it described once as being like a bleeding neck problem, right? I mean, to be very graphic. So it's like, you know, so somebody really needs to be like, it, it needs to feel urgent and painful. It needs to keep them up at night. It needs to, um, you know, really be a source of, um, of something that, that they want to work on and change in order um, to be able to really, to really have a solid niche. Not to say it's not possible if it's less than that. I think it's just a lot more work <laughs> if it's not. You can offer a solution, you know. I think digestive um, related niches are always great because 
that's something really uncomfortable that people don't want to deal with. And so if somebody's, you know, it's, it can be disruptive to somebody's life. It's, it's affecting them day in and day out. So if you can get really good at that niche, you know, that's something that's, that becomes much easier to market or, um, you know, something like PCOS or some, you know, something where it's very specific and you know who you're going to work with. I just, I think that is, uh, beyond important. We hear it over and over again, but it can't be emphasized enough. Yeah. It's, it's so funny how that works backwards. Cause that's something that Austin and I talk about all the time. All of the people that listen to us know that we're like niche down, niche down. We think you got it niche down even more, but you said it too, that once you niche down, it actually opens you up to so many more possibilities, so many more engaged people who are going to start to know, like, and trust you and start to absorb your content maybe one day transition into an actual client. Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I was, one of the strategies I've used to grow my Facebook group is just to join other groups and um, engage with people and interact with people. And so I actually put in the banner of my personal profile, um, I put a link to join my Facebook group. <laughs> so when people like click through, they're going to see they can join my Facebook group. And the other day, somebody had posted something in a Facebook group about like feeling really uncomfortable with her body. She'd had a baby a couple months ago and, and she said some really negative, hurtful things about herself, which, you know, always kind of breaks my heart. It's like, you know, you just gave life and, you know, accomplished an amazing thing and you shouldn't have to feel that horrible about yourself. And, you know, so I, I jumped in there and, you know, gave her some positive words and this and that. And, um, and, and then some other people that I know came in and said, oh yeah, Dina's the best. You should reach out to her. And, um, and then by the end of the day, I had 10 people who joined my Facebook group. So it, you know, just the more you can engage in other groups without even really having to, having to promote yourself, you know, you just kind of happens, I guess, more organically when you engage. So I've actually started like part of my, you know, the challenge in December was kind of just, okay, let me get this Facebook group revitalized. Come January, I really need like a more concrete plan of what I'm doing. And so actually set aside every single day, 30 minutes to go into Facebook groups and just engage. I look for, for um, posts that I can comment on, that I can offer value, that I can engage with people. And if I don't see anything that day in that particular group, so I have certain days I hit certain groups because you just, you can't do them all every day. It's impossible. So if I don't see anything that particular day, then I say, okay, I'm going to make my own post. So I'll post something, you know, random. I'm in a lot of mom groups. So it's like, do you pack your kids lunch or do you send them you know, do they eat at school or what do you do with all your leftover Halloween candy or, you know, trying to make them somewhat food related to get the conversation going and then seeing where I can jump in and interact back with people who, who respond. And that um, has seemed to get a lot of engagement um, also. So it's not even about your own Facebook group. I mean, that's a great place once people join it where you can really start to spread your message, kind of do some education with them so that they can understand if they're ready for, you know, what you offer. Um, but getting in other Facebook groups is a great way to, to get your name out there to begin with. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome advice. Yeah, that, that was great. I think a lot of people would appreciate uh, everything you just said and uh, probably open their eyes and mind to other things that they could probably do. 
Mm -hmm. I think the key is consistency. I know I've been super guilty of it in the past where, you know, it's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm gonna, and it's like, you do something and then it's like, okay, I did it a little bit. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this and I'll do this a little bit. And um, so I have little by little over the years gotten better at like learning to focus. And so for 2020, I said, I, I drew a hard line in the sand and said, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm setting quarterly goals and if anything creeps in, that's not part of that quarterly goal, I have to tell the person, no, I have to say, we can do this in quarter two. I can add it to my list when I'm, you know, closing out quarter one and I'm making my plans for quarter two. But right now it is a solid no on anything extra. And that has freed up so much mental space. It's unbelievable. Like, because I know that I have only three goals for quarter one and um, that's it. If, the, if, if, if an opportunity comes, unless it's like a, you know, there are certain opportunities you're never going to turn down. Um, but if it's, if it's something that, um, you know, really isn't in line with those primary goals, then, then I'm going to say no. And I think that also allows me to say, okay, so like one of the action steps of one of my three goals is to post in Facebook every day for 30 minutes. So um, when I know that that's part of this three-month plan and I want to see what happens at the end of this three months, it really helps me to, okay, I don't really need to do that today. I need to shut that off today. I've got to do my 30 minutes. It really allows you to focus. You got to prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing it for yourself, you know, to get clients and also, but to help people. Like, that's really why right. you're doing it. That's why we became dietitians is to help people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're scrolling through social media and if you don't see anything, it's great that you don't just say, oh, well, you know, I'm done. Oh, nobody needs my help today. I love that right. you actually take the time to think and create a post. And then that way people start coming to you because then it looks like, you know, they're the ones that are reaching out to you first, you know, right. they're kind of making that first connection. It's not you reaching out to them. So it kind of flips the script a little bit. So I like that. Yeah. Lot. Yeah. And I just keep a list of, of random things as they pop in my head. So that way, when I sit down to do it, I'm not sitting there for 10 minutes, just thinking of something to post. Cause that's half the battle. Cause you know, we all know our best ideas come to us when it's like super inconvenient. Right. So, um, I always keep my journal with me and, and you know, write down the ideas if I'm at a stoplight or, um, you know, it's a Saturday afternoon and I'm like, oh yeah, let me put that, write that down. That's a good, or keep a little voice note on my phone if I, if I don't have my journal nearby. But, um, but yeah, you're right. It's, I think part of setting boundaries in business also is about um, like preserving our energy so that for the clients we are working with, we can be fully present and there to help them. And I think that allows us to get better results for the clients that we do have when we set boundaries with other opportunities and other people um, because then we're, we can be more fully present and have more energy and have the brain space and all of that that we need to best serve the clients we have now. Fantastic. It, you gave some amazing, incredible, simple, but effective advice that, you know, I think a lot of people could take away from. The, the notes and the little like voice and just like taking jotting things down and mm -hmm. just having the focus and the mental space and yeah, I think that's super important because um, just like how you kind of said earlier I think we all could easily just get caught up in doing so many different things that when time comes when 
our energy actually needs to be input into something that's really important will be drained and like not have energy for it. So that, right. that was, that was good. That was great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should also all write our goals down. Like, I think a lot of people skip that piece. You know, we got to write them down and be really clear about what they are. Give them a timeline, set down, you know, the actions we need to take to get them accomplished and, you know, put it on paper and track them. Smart goals, guys. Smart goals. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Not just New Year's resolutions, not ones that, you know, two weeks we're going to fall off track and be like, oh, we'll try again next year. Smart mm -hmm. goals. We know this is dietitians. <laughs> they have to be specific, timely, actionable, measurable, missing all a bunch of letters probably. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I gotcha. Definitely smart Sweet. goals are, are helpful and they help us be better clinicians as well. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I know we are coming to the end here, um, but before we wrap up, uh, do you have any like lasting pieces of advice uh, for any other dietitians who say are they're starting out and they're wanting to kind of get into more of the space of what you're doing right now? Do mm -hmm. you have any advice for them? Well, um, other than everything I've already said, I would say just like, don't be afraid. You know, we hold ourselves back and you know, if we, if we really believe at a core level that we can do it, then we're going to find a way to make it happen. And, you know, we haven't really failed. So you've given up. So, you know, you, you but you've, you got to put one foot in front of the other. You got to start somewhere. Um, something else that I like to tell people a lot, especially if they're first starting out is because this can really leave you trapped and feeling um, incapable or feeling unable to accomplish certain things is when we get into the trap of comparing ourselves to others. So um, kind of a, a real simple way to think of it is don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle, right? I mean, they, they started at the beginning too. And so sometimes it's easy to compare ourselves and feel inadequate. And anytime we're thinking and operating in a way that's negative, it's just, it's going to suck our energy and we're not going to be there um, ready to problem solve and make decisions for our business. Love it. Love it. Yeah, that, that, that was great. Awesome. Um, how, where, where could people follow you uh, for those who maybe have any questions or anything? Maybe they're down to Miami. I don't know. Where, where, where could they follow yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love it if people came down to Miami. We could have, have a coffee or go get a Cuban coffee or something. Um, so I'm on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is at dietitiandina. And of course, you can join my Facebook group. <laughs> which is end emotional and binge eating with dietitian Dina, but that is um, trying to think. I think that the uh, URL is forward slash Vita Nutrition for the groups, and I'm not real big into any other social media. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible about that. Yeah, that's okay. They can follow you on Facebook. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. just got to have your main platform, and that's the one you're using, and it's working out for you, so, so it's awesome. Um, so, yeah, you guys could follow her, Dietitian Dina, and what was that Facebook uh, group again? So, the Facebook group is End Emotional and Binge Eating with Dietitian Dina. I know that's a long name, but um, I really wanted it to, like, spell out what it was about, you know, um, so that it was more searchable, and... But the, the URL is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Vita Nutrition. Awesome. Awesome. 
Well, thank you for hopping on with us tonight and um, giving us the opportunity to speak with you and with everyone else. Uh, we really appreciate it. And yeah, yeah that's, all, that's all I pretty much got to say. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Anytime. We'll talk to you soon, Dina. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're an RD or RD2B and would like to connect with us, make sure you join us on our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Registered Dietitian Approved. We also have an online store filled with the best RD swag. You can check it out at rdapprovedstore.com. And last but not least, if you loved this episode and want to learn more, make sure you subscribe so you can join us on this RD takeover movement.